All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Someone's going to be very upset at me when she hears this at home. The bone to pick is with my wife. (laughs) So, the last few days, she's been having an issue with um, being on time. More more precise, being on time when I have to be somewhere. So, I was told, or I said, Larry, I'm going to be here a half an hour early so we can work out the Mm -hmm. bugs for this podcast. Yeah, how'd that that work? (laughs) Not good. Yeah. So I am in my house. It's I, I talk to my wife at two two p.m. She's with my daughter at school. She's like, "Okay, I'm going to leave. I'll be home by three. That was at two p.m. I call her at three p.m. I'm like, "Hey, how's it going? You know, just wondering. Are you close? Are you driving up? Should I like get in the car? Like, I kind of want to get on the road." She's like, "You're going to be so mad at me." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> are you joking? What's yeah. what's going on?" She's like, "You're gonna don't be mad." And I said. You're joking. She's like, I would not joke about this. I lost track of time. (laughs) I was writing and reading and I just, you know, I just lost track of time and I'm on this road and I'm about 20 minutes away and I just, okay. I'm working on my my anger issues, trying to control myself. I'm always working on it, trying to improve. I'm like, just verbalizing how I feel. I'm, I'm a little upset right now. I feel it. I feel like you, and this is what I'm telling her. I'm like, I'm a little irritated that you, I feel like you're not prioritizing me. I feel like you don't respect me and you're going to make me late for my big, my big debut on live live podcast on gloves off hockey. And we kind of ring around the rosy a little bit and I didn't get a chance to see her, but man, I came in hot. Luckily when I came in, Larry had a nice cold one waiting for me. So my job. If I if I come off a little irritated, you can blame my beautiful wife. I'm sure I'll get over it, but man, oh man. She did it to me the other day too, where I had to be somewhere at 4 p.m. and she came home at like 3.55. I'm like, I'm late. And she's like, oh, are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm late. I had to can- It was before my haircut. I canceled my haircut. I got a new haircut. Looking good, by the way, yeah. Got one this morning. Feeling fresh. Feeling good for the summer. I don't know anybody else. As soon as the weather changes, you just like... There's so much stuff you have to do. It's crazy. I've been like mulching, mowing, trimming, raking, painting, sanding, all within the last three weeks. And it's, it's exhausting. been the only chance to because it's been snowing until oh, like last it week. It snowed <laughs> up until May. Literally, it did. And we've just been like trying to play catch up the last few weeks. So anyways, it's, it's, uh, it's been a hectic week. I'm glad to be here in the studio. 
Ethan's really messing up the computer right now. I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) Six windows are open. But anyways, if you are listening live, throw me some questions. I'll just do a regular podcast. There's lots of stuff to talk about. The first game of the Stanley Cup Finals. Lots of interesting interesting things happened. The the NBA playoffs are starting tomorrow. I would kind of like to touch on that. I've turned into a massive NBA fan. And I don't know if it's just because the Raptors have made it to the finals, but it's super interesting. So, anyways, Do you want to talk about Drake for a half hour. <laughs> I he annoys me. Does he not annoy you? I uh, I don't know. He's just gonna. I think he's gonna buy the team and like. There's no way he, he has would. enough money to buy the team. He might. He does he, Ethan? <laughs> Ethan's saying no. no, he doesn't. He he really he bothers me. He takes away from the game so much, and I hate that. I. And it happens in hockey all the time where one player will try to be bigger than the team or a coach will try to be bigger than the team. That's what's happening in Toronto with Babcock. I'm getting off on a tangent. I can't. I don't, I don't think cook. the coach should be bigger than the actual team or anybody, anybody should be bigger than the team. They should be a part of the team. You look at Golden State Warriors. They have massive personalities and skills and, and just big egos. None of them is bigger than the team. Draymond Green, he has his issues, whatever. They're still the Golden State Warriors. KD, Steph Curry... Um, their coach, what's his name, Kerr? Sure. They all like are part of the team, but Drake steals the show. It's super annoying, and he's like on the sidelines massaging shoulders and stuff like that. Yeah. I just don't I don't like it. I don't I don't get it. I get why they wanted them three or four years ago when they weren't that popular and they wanted to get his kind of I don't know what it is. His mojo on the sidelines. Hopefully, get some brand recognition. Did they, did they ever really want him there? Or did well, they, he just they show up. They co-marketed with him. I saw that. Yeah. So he's a part of the team, um, good, bad, or other. So, anyways, I didn't like that. I think he should just be a regular fan. Like, whoop it up in the locker room if you get to go in the locker room after with the guys. But come on, man. Sure. Tweet just, about it. It's just it's not about you. It's about the Raptors. Like. Kawhi's not going to resign there if you're just being a clown on the sideline, like trashing the Greek freak. Anyways, this is a hockey podcast. Sure, sure, sure. I'll shut up. <laughs> we got off topic. So game one is in the books. Bruins, Blues. And Tim's not here to talk about it. Thank goodness, because <laughs> Tim would just be going on and on about the big bad Bruins, this and that, and how Nazis, they never existed, <laughs> and this and that. Anyways, game one is in the books, and... It went exactly how I think everyone predicted. And I think St. Louis let this one kind of slip through their fingers. This was their chance to steal a game. The Bruins, they've been off for 11 11 or 12 days, so they were definitely rusty. St. Louis was coming off a big win in the Western Conference Finals, and they came out firing. They were up 2-0. Everything was going great. And then as soon – it was almost like the Bruins were sleeping through the first period – as soon as St. Louis scored that goal in the second period, it was just like, click. All right, like right, let's, let's get real. Let's start to play. And the Bruins methodically went through their game, throw it in the corner, bang them, get the puck, throw it on net, get a rebound, get another rebound, score a goal. St. Louis couldn't handle it, took some penalties, and it just snowballed from there. They could not just handle the onslaught that the Bruins were throwing at them. It was a clinic in playoff hockey. Do you see this happening for the rest of the games? Um, no, I think St. Louis will bounce back. This okay. is their first for this group that they have. For as much experience that they have, like age wise, they have a lot of guys who are older. Yeah, like Bo Meester and all like their captain Peter Angelo. Like they've been around. They haven't been to this level in the in the Stanley Cup Finals ever. The Bruins have been there a few times, so I think 
Game two, they'll lose. Game three, they'll win. And then game four will be the deciding game. That's that's what I think will happen. But who knows? you gotta, you got to drop the puck, right? <laughs> but, man, looking back, they really – this was their chance. And I think they got a little too jacked up. They got a little too excited. And penalties cost them. And then Bennington let in a soft goal for McAvoy, <laughs> which um, – yeah, you can't do that. He's been so rock solid throughout this playoff series. And to have him – let in a weak one like that. It's just like, man, and the Bruins, they only need one little mistake and it's over. It's over. And yeah. <laughs> like they have all playoffs long, they've rolled their fourth line. It's been amazing. Ethan, do you watch hockey? A little bit. He, a little bit. If anybody has watched the Bruins throughout the first couple series, it's been their fourth line who's like set the tone. They've come up with big moments every single series. And once again... Game one, they came up huge, and they don't, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. They're three hardworking kids. All they do is dump the puck in. They go in like heat seeking missiles. They hit whoever has the puck. They get the puck. They protect it. They're not trying to make the pretty plays. They're not toe dragging. They're not trying to make backdoor passes. They get the puck. They throw it on net, and they get a rebound. They get the puck, they go low to high, give it to a D-man, he throws it on net, and they get the rebound. That's how they've scored every single one of their goals in the playoffs. And it works. And the hardest part, to, the hardest play to defend as a defenseman and a goalie is a rebound. You don't know where it's going. It's so hard to know. The puck's behind you. You can't look around and see where the puck is. The forward is at such an advantage. And it's just, it's worked for 100 years. And I think people get away from that because they want to go top shelf. They want to go back door. They want to do these pretty plays. But the old tried and true, far pad, nice juicy rebound. The D-man doesn't know where the puck is. They're trying to pick up sticks. And you can't, especially in today's game where you can't really get on the hands. You can't hook him. You can't obstruct him. It's so easy. Well, I shouldn't say it's so easy, but it's very easy for forwards to pick up rebounds in front of the net now. Because the ref is looking for D-men for hooking, holding, obstruction, interference. And and the pucks are there. And this fourth line, they're not trying to do anything crazy. They're just picking up rebounds, throwing pucks on the net, and they produced again. They picked up, I think they were a part of two goals in game one. It's crazy. They can't be stopped. And That's what I was worried about. And Well, honestly, I though. I think it's just five and done by... Five and in done? Five, yeah. It's oh, you're gonna go four one? Yeah. I, I, I called six. I think the Bruins will win. Hopefully St. Louis rebounds. I, I'd like to make a series of it because they are pretty evenly matched teams. St. Louis has a ton of skill. I've always said Terrence Sanko. He's is an absolute bull on the ice. He's so skilled, so strong. But man, it was a backbreaker. There was a there was a funny stat. After they scored the second goal, the Bruins outshot them thirty to eleven. Wow. That's in. That's a three to one shot margin. It's not looking. It's good. not looking too good. And another, the other big story was the Krug hit. I'm sure everyone saw it. I'm sure everyone has their opinion on it. So to start the play, Krug was in his own end in front of the net, and he was battling with Perron, who, by the way, is another guy who is just he plays the game and he's a rat. And he's a skilled guy, but he's like a Marchand, oh. but everyone, he's like worse. He just, he's always yapping. He's always in every scrum. He's face washing. He's like trying to like, 
I didn't like him when I played against him, and I don't know anybody who likes him in the league. He's just one of those guys where it's like, man, you just don't like him. He's got the tinted visor. I don't know. He just has one of those faces you just a mother wouldn't love. So <laughs> anyways, they get tied up in front of the net. He obviously mauls Krug. He's on his back. He Apparently, he forgets how to skate. He's like, oh, I don't know what's happening. He's trying to push his helmet off like one, two, three times. He finally grabs it off his head. The ref's sitting there not calling anything. Perron should have had at least two, maybe three penalties in that little commotion in front of the net. So Krug gets up. He's a little heated. He fires down the ice, like skates as hard as he can. He's jumping up into the play, and he buries somebody on St. Louis, a, a Thomas, buries them along the wall. After the game, everyone's up and up. Oh, it should have been a charging. He should have got a charging. He should have got a major. This is BS. The Bruins always get the biased calls. What's going on? The league loves Boston. No. It's a fine hit. You're watching it now, yeah, Larry. Yeah, I'm watching it now. <laughs> it's, I think it's a fine hit. Ooh. It's not a charge. Yeah. Sure, he skates up the eight. He's, he's going at a decent And he had speed. a right to be mad, too. Like, that was yeah, but bogus beforehand. He, You're allowed to hit someone. He didn't like take 15 steps before the hit. He glides into the hit. Yeah. Just because he's going at a decent speed doesn't make it a charge. You're allowed to hit in hockey. It's a good head-on-head or like they're going both. There's not a head on head check. No. They're going at each other. Head on check. Sounds weird. I don't want to say it's a head check. Ooh. He doesn't jump. Smokes them though. <laughs> he buries them, yeah. which is great. And what makes it so much better? The no bucket. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Like he just, and he's got a great head of hair <laughs> and he just looks so good. If I were to lose my helmet in the play, I would be so worried about my bald spots. I'd be skating up the ice like, oh, my word, don't skate too fast. You don't want to get the hair flowing back to show your bald spots, John. It's just, it's so great to see a hit like that, especially nowadays. People are so, like, they strap their buckets on the visors. They, they're so protected. Just to see crew going up, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was like, yes. And then the wieners. And it's funny, all the guys who wanted the charging. It's all, like, the sports broadcasters and the writers and the bloggers. It's something to talk about. It's just the wieners who have no idea, <laughs> like, what it is like to step on the ice, let alone to step on the ice in an NHL game. Let alone the Stanley Cup Finals, like how amped up you are. It's like, oh, charging, says Puck Daddy. He's never probably laced up a pair of skates in his life. It's like, come on, man. Like, this is big boys game here. Like, let's, we're men here. We don't want to turn it to football where it's like, oh, penalty. Oh, I'm going down. No, this is hockey. You play through injuries and you hit people. So, that's my take on it. Oh, Larry. I love the, I love it. Okay. Ethan, do we have any questions here? Mm-hmm. Want me to read them to you? Yeah, sure, Larry. Is there a team you haven't played for that you wish you had? And that's from Jamie Cox. Great question, Mr. Cox. Um, <laughs> I have not played for a few teams. I've, I played for seven, <laughs> so that leaves out 23. 24 now if you count Vegas. It's, it's funny. When I grew up, I was a big, big Bruins fan. So coming into the league, I really wanted to play for the Bruins. Interesting. And every offseason, I tried. They were not interested. They had Chara. They had Thornton. They had Lucic. They were set in the toughness fact category. But I, I always wanted to play for the Bruins. I love that town. I just never got a chance to. And then once I moved to Michigan, I always tried to play for Detroit. Did you? Yeah. So every offseason, my agent cool. would make a call to Holland, and mm-hmm. they would just say no. 
No, and that's just how their team was. Try, though, right? They didn't yeah. have any toughness. They were going for the skill, and it worked out great for them. They won zero cups and were always in last place. Ooh, so, we, anyways, that, good question, Jamie Cox. Right? We got. Uh, I'm going to skip to Bernie Rivers, who's saying no, it was a charge. Bernie, <laughs> wanna go, Scott? Bernie Rivers. Yeah. It was not a charge. Go look at the rule book. The definition of a charge is skating into a check. He glided into that check. He skated up to the play, and then he slowly controlled himself and glided in and made shoulder-to-shoulder contact. So just because he's moving at a fast speed doesn't mean it's a charge. So I don't know. I could see why people would think it's a charge because people are super soft, but it's definitely not a charge. It's a good, solid check. And I want to see more of those hits. All right. We got a, a one from Twitter. This is from Rob Lowe's. Uh, this just in, John Scott did not make the top 60 all-time tough guys in the NHL. In fact, he didn't even make the list. Well, that would – yeah, I didn't make the list. So I'm Really? There's a list of top 60 all-time so. tough guys? Um, How do you feel about this? I don't think it's fair. I would like to know who number 60 is <laughs> and if I could take him in a fight. I feel like if you lined up all the NHL guys who had ever played right? – I could be in the top 60. I do too. I, don't uh, know. I get why I'm, I didn't get in that many fights, Rob Lowe's, because, and I'm not being like arrogant. No one would fight. Like I did ask a lot and I didn't get a lot of takers, but I never really turned many down. I turned two fights down and that was it. So I don't know. I, I it's tough because I wasn't on in that many fights. I wish I would have made it. I think I, I think I belong on that list. I did too. Yeah. I would like to know who number sixty is. I, I don't. I didn't even know they were doing well, that list. This guy did not uh, cite his sources, and also his name on Twitter is Fat Jesus, which I take offense to because <laughs> yeah, who that's this not guy nice. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I would like to know who number sixty is, Rob. All right. All right. Um, who's this guy? Jay Norweezy is grabbing beers with Ratisse Evenons this weekend. Did you ever fight him? I did fight him. And if, and if Ratisse Evenons is in the top 60, <laughs> I will take offense to that because I, I beat him in my Check fight. All right. <laughs> yes. So I would be interested to see if he is in the top 60. But yeah, I fought him in, man, we're, I think it was preseason. I was with Chicago. He was with LA or was it regular season? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I, I remember. I'm just I not don't, <laughs> but I did fight him and it was in the NHL. And I did win the fight, but he's a tough, tough European. So you must be in Europe, Jay Jornizi. I see a Canadian flag in his... But I also see an American flag. Ah. So who knows where he is. If Hey, tell him I said hi. And it was a heck of a fight because that is one tough son of a gun. Looks like Dustin wants to know what we're sipping on. Who's Dustin? Dustin Reed. Dustin, this episode sponsored by Founders. All Day IPA. If your throat's a little dry... Stop by the cooler and grab an all-day IPA. Goes well with anything. Burgers, brats, all-day IPA from Founders. It does, though. Have it really had, does. Did, did you do uh, a little all-days while you are doing some yard work this weekend? N- um, no, I don't really drink much at home. Okay. I Just, during, just, just when I podcast. Just when I podcast. <laughs> That's right. it. No, I, I save it for when the kids are in bed, me and my wife will crack a couple beers, and that's about it. I'm not a, I'm not a huge party animal, Larry. I never said you were. Well, you insinuate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, should we keep taking questions here? Uh, 
I think we, we could go back to it, but I do kind of want to just get a quick check in on how the Iron Man training is going. Oh boy. <laughs> um, not good. <laughs> Since we last talked, I have not done anything. So that one run, that <laughs> one run really discouraged me, but I do have big plans starting June 1st. I know my plans were May 1st. Sure. Now it's June 1st. So next week when I get back from Moncton, I'm going to Moncton this weekend. I'm going to golf. I'm going to play some hockey for charity, Heart and Stroke Foundation. When I'm back, that's when I'm, I'm getting in the water and I'm swimming. Good. That's it. All right. I've got my mind set on it. But I was just curious. Yeah. So yeah, not good. No bike rides, no runs, no swims since last week. Yeah. I mean, you're going to play hockey. That's a workout. It's not. It's no, really not. No, I do it in my sleep, he says. No, it's not uh it's not a workout. No, sometimes it is if you get in a good team, but usually it's just nice and slow. Nice and slow. All right. Beverages of choice at men's league from Jeremy Siditz. I think it's usually a yeah. nice Labatt Blue Light or a Coors Light. That's that's what we usually sip on. We have a couple older guys, Hank and Cruiser. They like the Bud Heavies. And it's funny, the the young guys will always bring... And our rule on the team is, whatever we bring, we have to drink. But... All of it? If you bring... If you bring a case of beer and you don't open it, then you don't have to drink it. So whatever is open, you have to drink. Oh, my wife just texted me. She's Uh listening live. (laughs) Oh, no. She's she's upset. Oh, no. She just texted me. She said, you're sleeping in the basement. The basement? Not even the couch? Not even the couch, honey? How dare you? No, she texted me. Did the NHL make that list? Ethan, my producer. She's on it. (laughs) She's upset, too. She thinks I'm top 60, at least 59. (laughs) But anyways, back to the beer question, Jeremy. I think Labatt Blue Light or Coors Light, we like to keep it nice and easy. We're, we're still relatively young. And you're, and you're active, like when you, you want something light. <laughs> no, when you're, like you're being active while you're drinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I am so, like even these IPAs, I can do about three or four or five of them. <laughs> then I have to switch to the light. I used to be able to have okay. like 12 of them over like a long period of time. But now I just, you know, maybe not 12. 12 is a stretch. But like I used to be able to drink them for the whole night. Now I can't. I have to do light beer. I just, I'm getting old, man. 36. I'd consider like, I don't know, like Northern Michigan, all you can get is craft beer. Yeah. So these are like a little bit lighter. It's pretty much not a craft beer anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, just the light stuff, Jeremy. We like to keep it classy for uh, the Jolly Pumpkin Squad on Sunday nights at the... (laughs) At the Center Ice Arena. You guys are sponsored by Jolly Pumpkin? Yes, we are. That's cool. It is cool. He's Actually, our their chef is our player, one of our forwards. Our rules. Yeah. So we've never gotten any free food. But anyways, that's, <laughs> that's another subject. All right. There's so many questions. Holy, holy moly. Um, who would be the number one fighter of all time from Joe Consiglio? Close. Nailed it. Italian. <laughs> well, Joe... Um, that's a tough one. There's the obvious answer, who is Bob Probert, because he was as tough as they come. I like to go a little bit out on a limb. I, gosh, I don't know if I should say this. All right, let me ask. Would it be someone you know you could smoke, like just Dunzo in one second, or do you want someone who would be like a tough match? No, well, I just think the toughest per- I always, Larry Robinson who is a throwback, but he was such a good defenseman that he did not have to fight. He's almost like a Chara because he he would play 30 minutes a game, but he was one of those players who 
if the need be, he would grab the toughest guy on the ice and work him. Mm. And he played so good. He won a bunch of Stanley Cups. I actually worked with him in San Jose. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And I tell you what, I think he was probably the toughest toe-to-toe, like pound-for-pound guy that's ever played the game. He was so, so tough. He never fought a lot because he was so skilled. But, man, go and, go and look up some of Larry Robinson's fights. All right. He grabbed Dave Schultz one time and just – and Dave Schultz was the heavyweight for the Broad Street Bullies, and he worked them, absolutely worked them. And what was it's his era, um, sixties and seventies. Oh, okay. So he played for the Montreal Canadiens, and he was he had the big sideburns and the mustache back when hockey was hockey, no helmets. Ooh. Like he was a great, great guy. So I, yeah, yeah, Larry. I wonder if he's on the top sixty. I bet you he isn't. <laughs> I bet you he is not on the top sixty. I bet you a guy like. Um, Oh, I don't want to insult anybody. Anyways, yeah. So Larry Robinson. I'm sorry for bringing Joe. up that question. No, <laughs> no, Larry Robinson. Okay. All right. What do we got here? It's Jumbo Joe coming back for another year from Ooh. Eric Turnage or you Eric. Know, I'm going to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to last last week's episode and uh, check that out. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about that. And yeah, he is. I I uh, I 100% believe Joe will be back. The only kind of sticking point will be the numbers. That he's going to get from uh, the Sharks when he does come back, but I think he'll be in the two to three million dollar range. I think he'll give them a hometown discount. But yeah, he'll be back, Eric. He he loves the game. He had such a good year last year. He's kind of over the injury bug. There's uh, there's no way he won't be back. I th- I think it's a no brainer. He's he's going to be back a hundred percent. Hardest goalie to beat with a slap shot, Matthew Slaughter. Hmm. Um, all of them. Every single goalie I've played against. Uh, <laughs> I would say the most sound goalie I have played against is probably Henrik Lundqvist. He is so just positionally sound. He kind of moves around. He doesn't make, well, he does make very extravagant, spectacular saves, but for the most part, he's just in position. Him and Carey Price are both really sound. They're just really, really good goalies. So I would say Lundqvist, Price is another one. Those two guys are just, they're always in the right position. You can't, you can't really beat them unless you juke them out or fake them out or make the perfect shot, which I never really ever did. So yeah, those two are definitely on the tops. All right. Billy Smith, the goalie from the Islanders. Oh, is that you? The Hall of Famer, Billy Smith, who's won six Stanley Cup? I doubt it. <laughs> I don't think Billy Smith would ask me, did you ever fight Reeves? Yes, I did. I grabbed him at the end of a game when I was with Chicago. He was with St. Louis, and it wasn't a great fight. We threw a couple punches. I landed a couple. I think he missed me with one. I threw one, and he ducked it, and I just fell down, and he kind of pushed me down, and that was the end of it. So, yeah, only once. It wasn't a great fight. I think we played a bunch after that, but we never really went. So, no, regretfully no, Billy Smith, because now he's the, the king of the jungle in the NHL. He's a top dog, which is not saying much these days. He's intimidating. <laughs> he, I've seen some scary videos. Larry is just scared of black sc- people, so no. that's that's all it is. No, no, I'm teasing. No he is scary, but there's really nobody else to be scared of. So I don't know, whatever. He's not that scary. It's funny when you see him on the ice; he looks like he's jacked and like muscular. But then when you see him off the ice with just like a t-shirt on, it's like, huh, you're not that big. 
He just he he carries himself well on the ice, and he skates so fast. He's he actually yeah, I could see that. Now Larry would be scared of him. <laughs> I'm scared of you too. You're scared but. of everyone. <laughs> All right, what what do we think, Larry? Any got any other good questions? Should we move on with the pod? I mean, we could keep an eye out if you got more to talk about. Let's get into it. I think we should talk about the NBA Finals. Okay, Rap City's coming up. Game one. It's it's about time. I think they've had two weeks off. Is it? Yeah. What? It's tomorrow night. Oh, not tonight? Okay. It's tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Tonight is game two, St. Louis. Well, let's do predictions. St. Louis Bruins. Oh, for, I already said, I think. One and four, Bruins. Yeah, but who, St. Louis oh, could tonight? win tonight. I think Bruins gets one more game. Uh, St. Louis like gets like a miracle shot. <laughs> Third game. All right. I don't know. I think the Bruins will win tonight as well. I think they're so tough at home. They're coming in hot. They're coming in. They're feeling good. They've had that little hiccup in their game. But now, yeah, the rust has been shaken off. And they'll, I think they'll have a pretty dominant game tonight. But who knows? Yeah. Anyway, so the Bruins will win tonight. I think St. Louis will win the next two. And then the Bruins will win in six. But anyways, moving on. Why does Patrice Bergeron get no MVP love from Steve Mallow? The reason he does not get any love is because he is such a good teammate. He doesn't sell himself out to the league. He doesn't try to be bigger than the team. He is the ultimate teammate. I love that guy. I've never really, I've talked to him a few times. I've never like had an in-depth conversation with him, but he is the ultimate teammate. He should get MVP love because he does everything so good. He wins face-offs. He kills penalties. He checks the other team's first lines if they need him to. He scores points. He does everything you would want a player to do. He's not like an Ovechkin who's just a sniper who's kind of not good in his D zone. Stamkos, he goes away for games at a time when he doesn't score. Kucherov, he's another one like Bergeron. They're very similar. I think Bergeron's better defensively, but they're very similar, and Kucherov is arguably better offensively. But Bergeron does get ignored just because he doesn't have that sexy aspect to his game. He just goes about his game. He gets one or two points a game, an assist, a nice goal. Like He doesn't have the sexy highlights that the Stamkos or the Ovechkins or the Crosbys have. So He's a player's player. He is that exactly a player's player. If you were to ask people in the league who they would want to be on their team, everyone in the league would say him because he's just such a good player. I don't know. He should get more love, I agree. And I'm and I'm rooting against like I want St. Louis to win, but he's just so good. All right. Any particular reason for retiring in the Traverse City area from Charles Chestnut? Well, Charles. Cool name. Actually. He's, like, he's got to be like a bank owner. It is. Charles yeah. Chestnut. <laughs> Call me for all your investment needs. <laughs> um, my wife's from here, Charles. So she grew up here. And when we were finished with school and we would go somewhere in the summer, we would come back to Traverse City to visit her parents. We actually would stay with her parents for the first few summers, even when I started playing pro, just because I didn't have enough scratch to buy anything. Because in the AHL, you don't make much. And we would go and stay with her parents all summer. And I fell in love with the city. It's so cool. If you have not been here, stay away because there's already too many tourists. <laughs> yeah, what, what's up? And we do not need any more tourists. It's just getting ridiculous. So look us up online and in 10, 15 years, come and check us out because Perfect. it's just like blowing up right now. It's crazy. But no, a cool little town in northern Michigan, lots of beaches, lots of lakes, right up my alley. We enjoy getting on the water, going outside, 
all the fun stuff you do outside. So, yeah, my wife's from here. The same wife <laughs> oh. who made me late today. Darn it, Charles. Now I'm upset again. Oh. <laughs> so, I'm trying to get a haircut, and she scheduled the haircut. Oh, back at it. <laughs> so, she said, okay. In the morning, she said, I scheduled you a haircut for 420. I'm like, perfect. Perfect. Again, it was a this Wednesday. Was yesterday. No, it was last oh, week, last Wednesday. Week. Oh. And she's like, I'll be home. You can go and go get a haircut. I'm waiting at home. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. 355, 356, 350. I call her. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I lost track of time. I'm like, you scheduled the haircut. We just <laughs> talked an, again an hour ago. What is happening? She pulls in at four. I'm like, nope, no haircut. I canceled it, rescheduled it for this week. Went at eight in the morning, got a haircut. And anyways, went and got some minnows for our pet turtle, which, by the way, was yeah, one, of the, hear about one of the coolest experiences ever is buying little minnows. We, we found the snapping turtle earlier in the fall, and we've been sheltering it. The name is Shelter of our turtle. Ah. So we brought it in, and we've been raising it. We're going to let it go next week, and we bought it minnows because I want it to be able to hunt when it's in the wild. That's and so cool. I put like three dozen minnows in the tank, and this turtle is like so good at killing fish it's crazy <laughs> and mind you it's like an enclosed area and there's a lot of fish and the fish don't know there's a turtle there so they kind of swim in front of his face but it's like boom 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 it's crazy and he eats like 10 I was going to say I want an Instagram video of that where I hopefully I'm getting some minnows after this interview really? because I'm letting him go next week when I get back and yeah I want to do one more, one more round of minnows so do you like harbor them through the winter and you're going to set them free now that it's warm or? no 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 we, we got them I guess we did yeah so we had them throughout the winter and hopefully it doesn't it doesn't mess up his um, hibernation because okay my wife just Uh-oh. texted me again she's upset Danielle I'm sorry I'm just t- speaking the truth no she said can you give Ava a shout out this, oh. this live is Ava Go have a rest, sweetie. It's time for a rest. Now that Ava's my oldest daughter. Stars of the podcast. Ava yeah. Scott is the biggest star. Gotta be. Gotta be. Yes, that's my oldest daughter. I love you, sweetie. Uh, Father's Day is around the corner. Don't forget. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to some questions, or should we talk about random snapping turtles? <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah. Ethan said questions. All right. Let's see. We already talked about yeah. the training. Let's see. Did you ever get after Kessel for swinging his stick at you when you took mm. on the whole Toronto line? <laughs> you know what? I ran into Phil, because we played Toronto quite a bit that year. I ran into Phil, I think a week after that. And I saw him in the hallways, and I went up to him, and I grabbed him around the neck. I was like, Phil, how you doing? What's going on? And he was very uncomfortable during the whole situation. So we, we never really had a conversation, and no, I never got after him. I, I totally agree with what he did i would have probably done the same thing if i had this behemoth coming at me so no hard feelings between me and phil i actually want to get him on the podcast i think that would be an unbelievable episode because that's all people want to know everywhere i go people ask me about what happened why did you do that what happened after the fact and to hear from the horse's mouth that would be that'd be great so phil i know you're listening gotta be (laughs) gotta be listening hit me up buddy We'll we'll uh, we'll have a nice little we'll have a nice little talk. All right, have you ever watched any EIHL hockey in the UK? Nope. Hmm. 
What does that stand for? Um, the European, European International Hockey League. Maybe. I don't know. I just that's, totally. That's a great guess. That's got to be. <laughs> um, I have not watched any hockey, but I did get approached by a couple teams. They did call my agent after I retired to play for them. So I just didn't want to go over there. I think after I retired, I was pretty much done. Yeah. I was going to take a one-way deal, and that was about it. And I didn't really want to go overseas. So I heard it's a fun league. I heard it's really, really nice, but and they don't pay that much. They really don't. I think they pay what the AHL would pay. Not as actually not as much as the AHL anymore. Like fifty, sixty, seventy, seventy grand a year, which is quite a bit. But when you're, I mean, going from NHL to that is, and then when you have four kids and you got to sure. drag them across the world, it just it just didn't seem like it would make sense. So. Anyway, sorry. Oh, oh, we got a Finnish question from Yuka Tavila. <laughs> I love the Finnish names. They're so great. My first team I played for, Minnesota Wild, it was 50% Finns and 50% wow. French guys and then me. And then you. <laughs> so I would go to the locker room and half the room would be talking French and talking about ping pong. Oh. And uh, the other half would be Finnish and they would be talking about techno music. Really? And I would just be sitting there twiddling my thumbs with no one to talk to. It was so bizarre. But anyways... Did you get good at ping-ponging? Um, the French guys are so good. Yeah? The, one of the best ping-pong players I've ever... Uh, Pierre-Marc Bouchard and Stéphane Veilleau are unbelievable ping-pong really? players. So good. I have decent range because I'm long, but I am not... I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I, I'm are we going to have a challenge? Are you I, good, I Larry? I, it might be a secret talent. Larry's looking yeah. at me like, I got you. <laughs> It'd be my, the one thing I could maybe beat you at. I don't know. You could beat me in mountain biking, you said. Oh, I could. Yeah, I could. see? <laughs> there we go. It doesn't look like it, but I could. But the toughest Finn player, I don't even know. It's funny because I don't remember any scrappers who were Finns. But Finns are tough in a different respect where I don't think Finnish players dive... I don't think they complain about injuries. I really respect most Finnish players. Like when I came in, we had Antti Miettinen and Nicholas Backstrom and Miku Koivu and gosh, there was a couple other ones. But those guys, they would play through every single injury and they would not complain whatsoever. And I, I totally respect a lot of Finns just because I think they play out of all the European countries, they play the game closest. And I know I'm being biased to the Canadian way where they just grind it out. They're not really trying to toe-drag and be superstars. They play the game how I think it should be played. All right. Best organization you've personally played for from Aldo Campo Danico. Oh, my word. That's a challenge. All these names, you guys. Your parents just like threw the Scrabble board out and went for it. Um, I think the best organization I've personally played for, I've played for, it's funny, later on in my career, the last two or three free agencies, I really tried to pick warm weather cities to play in. Gotta. And mind you, I didn't get that many options, but when it was between Edmonton or San Jose, I'm like, hmm, let's see. Let's, you know what? Let's, let's go to San Jose. Right. <laughs> or if it's between like Buffalo or Scottsdale, it's like, you know what? I'm probably going to go to Scottsdale. Sure. So it's funny how you pick based on geography when you get older and later in your career. And then you also pick, I know guys who make big, big money, they pick on the tax bracket. And if there's ah. taxes in the States, so guys love Florida, guys love Dallas just because you don't get taxed in those States. And that is the reason why people don't like going to Canada because you get taxed so heavily. And if you're not lucky enough to get your paycheck in American dollars, you're still making Canadian dollars. So yes, that, okay. there's a whole list of reasons people don't like playing in Canada, but those are the main ones. 
the best organization I think I've played for. I really enjoy the Chicago Blackhawks. Sure. I think they were coming off the cup. They treat their players right. They really invest in their players, and they just have a nice group of people taking care of everybody. Like um, Tony Oman and big like Pete and all these guys. And I don't know I could I could list off a bunch of people, and I, I'm still kind of in contact with them. So it, it's great. And I played there only two seasons, so. And then it's funny when I came in Minnesota. Minnesota was really great. Was Me, my wife worked there. We we thought we were going to live there forever. We bought a place there, and it was such a fun city, fun area. The team was really great to the families and stuff. And Danielle, text me if I'm wrong, but I think Minnesota was was great too. <laughs> and San Jose, right? Or is that well? Okay? San Jose was a no brainer just because oh, sure. it was. Uh, we loved just the area of San Jose. Obviously, our team wasn't. See, the, the trouble with the Sharks was they didn't have much money. So the locker rooms and the practice rink and all that wasn't the same as other arenas. And like even the weight room, stuff like that, little things like in in the fridge, there's literally only water. And I know I'm being spoiled, like there's water and Gatorade. Other teams you go in. just water. But you know what I mean? Like other teams you go, there's like, okay, there's chocolate shakes, vanilla shakes, Uh, strawberry shakes, there's water, there's Gatorade, there's Pedialyte, there's Power Bars, there's this, there's that. There's all these other, they do a shake station. There's all these different things. And the Sharks, they just didn't have that budget. And that's not their fault, but. It just it is what it is. I go to the Sabers, and literally, if you wanted um, a chocolate fountain beside your locker room, they would get you a chocolate fountain beside your locker room if you, if it would make <laughs> you play better. Like they would throw money at every problem they had. That's cool. So that's that's the only reason why the Sharks, as an organization, wasn't in the top. But as a city, top notch, no brainer. Like we would go to the beach one day, we'd go to the mountains, we'd go to the Bad. redwood Ooh. forest. It was so fun. I rented a big convertible. I'd cruise around. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. Burns used to give me such a hard time because one time I rode my bike to the rink because I think I left my car there. I don't know what happened, but my car was at the rink and I had to ride my bike there. So I, I, I pull into the rink with my bike. I thought I was hot. You know, I'm like, rode my bike to the rink. It was a solid ride. And I was like, whoa, nice. And then I threw it in the back of my convertible. And Burns, <laughs> Just he, a wheel stick. I know. I'm like, you didn't ride your bike because you wanted exercise. And so he's like taking pictures of me, sending it to the whole team. Like, this guy, you didn't, this and that. I'm like, ah, typical Burnsy. But anyways, yeah, San Jose was great. It just didn't have a nice rink, nice facilities. That's the owners. They need to. Do you think it switched since you've left, or no, 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 no? The guys have still said it's the same. That's dedication, then. But you know, it is what it is. You can't really make the locker room bigger unless you build a new rink, right? So, what are you going to do? It's yeah. a tank. It's so great. Oh, I got a picture. Ava said no to the rest, and thank you. All right, she's in trouble. <laughs> she's the boss. Everybody's the boss. Oh no! To the you told her to take a rest. I said to have okay. a rest, and then she Got said, it. "Nope, I'm good. I'm staying up." All right, how, we're getting so many questions, Ethan. Yeah. Holy moly! All right, are you writing every question? Or are you being selective, Ethan? He's being selective. They're still great. Okay, we have been going for forty minutes. You can wrap up whenever, Larry. That was for me. <laughs> um, oh, was that from you, Larry? Oh, hilarious. Just a note. Um, you could go as long as you want, but... <laughs> I was going to make a Michael Scott quote there for my daughter's watching, but I won't. Ava, plug your ears. No, I'm not going to say it. Um, Favorite player to play with from Mike Ryan. 
It's funny. Every team, there's always... I, I really enjoyed playing with Brian Bickle just because he was my buddy. He obviously wasn't the most skilled guy, but we got along great. We'd play cards on the road. Yeah. We'd play word with friends. Like, we just went to <laughs> dinner everywhere we went, and we were roommates, and he was probably the the best player, the best guy I played with. But there's, like, every team's got their best guys. They, you know, it's just like an office. It's just like a classroom. It's just like everywhere. There's good people. There's bad people. You just kind of pick... The people who you gel with the most. All right. Is Douglas Murray one of the hardest hitters in the league? He was one of the hardest hitters in the league. He was an absolute tank on the ice. He was probably 240 pounds of solid muscle. So, yes, he was. Him and Dustin Bufflin were one of the two guys. When I did try to hit them, they actually hurt me. And, like, I felt it when I hit them. And, yeah, no, no other players did that to me. It was Murray and Buff. Those guys were just big, big human beings. All right, we'll do a few more, yeah, and then we'll wrap it up. I like this. We should do this again. Oh no, yeah, I'm all about it. It's this cool. is so fun. Uh, you should see it. Just like it's a constant stream of comments. Like Ethan's killing it. This is so great, you yeah. guys. Thank you for coming on. This is so unreal. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll do um, like ten more minutes of questions. Then maybe we can do it again in a couple weeks. Aldo Not with another good. question. Aldo Combedico. <laughs> I love it. I'm not going to answer. You've already had yours, Aldo. Um, <laughs> Which fights did you turn down? And hello from Southeast Michigan from okay. Nicholas Hallberg. The one I did was versus Jody Shelley. We were in San Jose. He was playing for the Flyers. We had just scored to go up two nothing. We were in their end. It was in the second period, I believe. And he's like, "Let's go." I was like, "No, I can't. We just scored." You know. Maybe later on. Sure enough, we win the draw. Goes back to Burns. Burns one tees it right off my ankle. I go down. Super, super pain. They go down and score. All because I said no. And I was like, never again. Never, ever, ever again will I say no. And I can't remember the other time, but I know something bad happened afterwards. So I, I tried to make it a point to never say no. I would say I would say maybe at, in the middle of a shift... Like if we're in the offensive zone, I would never try to to do that because you're gonna, you know, there's a chance you win the draw and score a goal. But if it's in the neutral zone or the D zone, I would most likely say yes. But in the O zone, I would say, well, maybe like let's wait till the face off plays out. Maybe I can score here. I, I love that. Like you just like have those side combos the whole game. Probably like, mm-hmm. no one gets to know about. It. That's cool. No, there's a lot of little conversations. Like, hey man, how's it going? You ready? What's up? <laughs> yeah, tonight? No, I can't. I'm sorry. Okay, sounds good. Like just little. Little comments, and everybody's super polite about it, and it's just a business at the end of the day. I love that. That's yeah. cool. Um, all right, who do we got? What was your typical pregame routine from Dina Muhammad Kennedy? You know, I wasn't one who had a lot of rituals. I wasn't very superstitious, but I did like to... You were a little stitious. A little. I was, yeah, medium-stitious, <laughs> where I would do the same things, but not... I didn't have to do it to the second, where I would, okay... I'm. When I get there, I'm going to make a peanut butter toast. Then I'm going to have a... And this is what I would do. I would would get a peanut butter toaster bagel. I would get a water, and I would sit down. I would relax. There'd be Sports Center on or a hockey game on, and I'd watch that, and then I would go, and I would jump on the bike for five minutes. Then we would usually have a meeting, and after the meeting, we would go and play soccer. So we would play soccer. I would play until a certain time. Then I would go and do like another bike ride. Then I would just stretch. But every guy has their routine that they, they have to do in order to get prepared to the game. And that was mine. When I started to play less, when I went from playing 10 
to nine to eight to seven. I think my routine got a little less strict just because I knew I was only going to play five minutes, which is sad. I maybe should have kept up with my routine, but you know, it is what it is. I, I would spend more time playing soccer and less time like getting my body ready and stretching and this and that. So when I switched from defense to forward, I think I really kind of had a shift in my routine before the games. At what stage of your career was it the most, like, this is what I'm doing before my game? Like, was it more college stuff? Or? No, it was in the pros because yeah. in college, they lead you through everything. Like, there's a guy, like, uh, holding your hand. It's, okay, team, we're going to do ladders. We're going to do this. We're going to stretch. We're going to, you know, clap at the same time. <laughs> when you get to the pro, you're on your own. And I think when I... My second or third year, I, I you pick things from other guys. You see, like, okay, Koivu's doing this, or Jonathan Taves is doing that, and you go, okay, I I can add that to my little bag of tricks. And you get it to where it works, and you're not too tired, but you're not, you know, completely cold, and you just make this little bag of workouts and stretches and plyometrics, and that's that's how you get ready for the game. And that's that's what I do. Some guys drank four coffees. Some guys took um, Sudafed. Some guys took a bunch of Red Bulls. Some guys like did, just did a bunch of different things. And Yeah, whatever works. I remember one time we were, in, we were in Philly, and they had a very, very tough lineup, speaking of like coffees and stuff. And I never drank coffees. I never did Red Bulls. I never did any of that stuff. I just, you know, if I was feeling sluggish, I would maybe take a vitamin C pill or maybe have like a sugar-free Red Bull. Maybe. So before the game, I was a little nervous. They had um, Shelly and Rose Hill and a couple other younger guys. I was like, okay. I was getting like nervous and I could feel myself like just getting worked up. And I, I felt sluggish. I think we flew in the night before. I was like, man, like I need to get some energy. And someone's like, here, just take, take this. And it was a Sudafed. And I'd never taken one for it. And I was like, okay, well, give me that. And I was like, it's not working, it's not working. And I think I took another one. I can't remember. Uh-oh. But I remember on the first period, before the first shift, I, w- I looked down and I was like shaking. And I couldn't focus. I looked on the ice and like my eyes were darting everywhere. I was like, what is happening to me? Like I, I'm like so amped up right now and I couldn't calm down to the fact where I had to ask my trainer to get me a downer. Whoa. I was like, give me something to like bring me down because I was like so worked up. I just felt like my blood, like I was pumped up. I couldn't stop shaking. I couldn't focus. I couldn't handle the puck. I was like, like too jet. Like I feel too like much. Want to be that? No, I was too much. I couldn't Whoa. like control myself. And so they gave me something to like. I don't know. It was probably just like a baby aspirin. I don't know okay. what they gave me. <laughs> but then it might have been even a mental thing. I was like, okay, cool. I knew I never ended up like fighting or doing anything that game. But it was just like I was so like just wired. It was like I do not want to get in this spot again. It was so bizarre. That's crazy. And some guys take two or three. Sudafeds. It's bizarre. It's crazy. And then like coffees and oh, I don't know how they do it. It's it's unbelievable. I don't know what Sudafed. What is that? It's is like that- an antihistamine. Oh, I think that gets your blood going and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know exactly what it is either, but okay. Some people to and then it's illegal for the Olympics, so I know it does stuff. Because when guys would like, okay, you're it was like cold medicine. It might be okay, but I know there's stuff in it that you can't take it because it's it's like a banned substance for the Olympics. So I don't know. Interesting. I know. I did it once, and I was like, not for me. No, oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right, we'll do one more. Sure. Um, from Jason Smith, um, you seem like a very laid back, easygoing guy. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> was it hard to drop the gloves night after night? Um. Yeah, good question. Good, like summary is wrapping it was. It, up with it yeah. was one of those things where it's it's not natural to do what I did. You know, 
And if anybody tells you that it was enjoyable or it was something they didn't stress out about, they're lying. Because it was just such a weird, weird thing to think about. Okay, I'm coming into the room tonight and there's a good chance like I'm going to get into a battle with right. somebody. And that guy's huge. You know what I mean? And no, it was it was difficult and it, and it weighed on you mentally. And it was just one of those things where it was harder the night before the game than the actual the game itself. It was harder the two days before the game, the three days, the four days. Because you look at the schedule and you go, okay, good, we're playing Detroit. They don't have anybody. Okay, good, we're playing this team because they don't have anybody. Oh, no, okay, here comes Calgary, Edmonton. Heads up. Like, it's going to get, okay, we're going to Vancouver, good. Like, you, you look for those breaks where it's like, okay, nobody. Then it seems like, oh, there's one, two, three, four, five games in a row where there's just like, boom. Heavy after heavy after heavyweight. You know who you're fighting too. Oh, for sure. You know exactly. Like I'm not gonna go after Phil Kessel. (laughs) Like I'm not an animal. (laughs) So yeah, no, definitely. It's it's one of those things where it's uh, it's more of a mental game at that point. And thank God for my wife. She's the one who kind of snapped me out of it. And I've, I've said this before. I think after my fifth year, I was up late at night, like watching videos of the guy and like really stressing out. I couldn't sleep. It was probably three or four in the morning and she rolls over. She's like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm nervous. I'm playing this guy tomorrow. I'm I'm nervous that I'm going to lose. And she's like, well, how big is he? And I'm like, well, he's like six, four, two thirty. Like he's a big guy. And she's like, well, how big are you? (laughs) And I'm like, well, you know, I'm six, eight, two seventy. And she's like, you don't, you don't think that he's a little nervous about you? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, he probably is nervous. I just closed the computer, went to bed. I was I slept like a baby the rest of my career. Yeah. It was so funny how just like one little mental thing, it's like, oh, okay. That's why you're top 60. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm top 120, hopefully. Gotta yeah. Be. Gotta be. <laughs> so I'm going to go home and I'm going to hopefully make up Apologize. with my wife. Apologize. <laughs> oh, I probably will end up apologizing somehow. Yeah. That's how it works usually. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. Love you. But anyways... It was a blast, you guys. We've been on here for an hour. Holy moly. How yeah. the time flies when you're having fun. So thank you to... Um, to Gloves Off Hockey. Gloves Off Hockey for yeah. having us. Let's do this again, fellas. Totally. Um, yeah. If you guys like the podcast, check into dropping your gloves. Dot, uh, not dot com. I always say that. Dropping, dropping the, gloves the Gloves with yeah. John Scott. Yeah. You can get it Just on... Just type it into any podcast app and start listening. And start listening. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. Thanks again for listening and hope to... Uh, Have you guys listen soon. Cheers. Yeah, thanks, guys.